alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Good evening, Khuyanand, Mulwani, and a hearty welcome to the Shahida Kali Show. We continue with our program. We started with it last week, in which we're speaking with Amin Mohammed, who is currently a drug counselor and, you know, comes with a history of having had different types of experience with substances. And he will tell us more about that. So let me start this part of the program and greet my guest, Amin Mohammed. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the program. Alaikum salam, uh, Shayda. Great to be back. So, just to start off, now last week we spoke about much about the journey, and and would be referring and touching on your own journey. Um, I mean, in terms of how the the experiences um, with substances and. Um, you know, a period of using substances and then to be um, clean and, and sober, sobriety as, as we would refer to it. And that has been quite a, a while and now being in a different position. So you almost, you've had, you've had a relationship with subs- substances exactly, yes, that, that actually hold different aspects. Now, for us, this makes it so um, special because we are able to tap into your experiences of the different aspects and really get, you know, the real answer and the real guidance in terms of how do we deal with it and how do we understand it. So I want to focus on um, perhaps to start off this program just to speak a little bit about when you have the different drugs and you one can almost group the different drug types. Mm. So there's downers and ups and you know how and I'm, I'm saying that so that people can understand perhaps if we don't use the different terminology of or the different names of the groups there'll be drugs that will send you in in a high upper mm. there will be drugs that is like a dra- a downer and it puts you down and sometimes it feels like it's calming mm. so they're drugs that give you a different experience when you have these drugs and you are now wanting to stop, are there different um, bodily and even psychological responses that one can expect? Um, assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Uh, yes, I think, um, Shaida, um, you know, the, you know, every drug has obviously got a different type of impact. But I just want to come back to something that you mentioned earlier about a relationship that I've had with drugs, and that is so key. Because out of anything that you have a relationship with, you tend to love that. And so with that love, you know, you become basically addicted to that. So that is where, you know, the journey actually of addiction actually starts, because you have a relationship with it. and that is key, you know, it's fundamental to the understanding how, uh, you know, um, addiction actually starts rooting itself and manifesting itself. Um, you know, that's one aspect of it. The other quest part of the question is one of the different types of, um, you know, um, drugs and how it impacts onto the user. Um, whilst it does... I just want to say very calmly to you, or to the listeners rather, you can call it uppers, you can call it downers, or whatever, give it any other fancy name. It is an absolutely destructive force, a destructive type of, uh, you know, you know, entity, if I can call it, uh, chemical, that destroys not only your own life, or the users, on, didn't destroy my own life, but everybody, you know, surrounding you know, the user. Um, it's like dropping a bomb. And, um, you know, it explodes and it hurts and it injures everybody around you. It doesn't discriminate. And so, yeah, so, so that's one part of it. The other thing is, is that, obviously, if you're going to be, if you are smoking, um, uh, you know, like I've been on, um, on cocaine, that was my drug of choice. Uh, you know, obviously that gave me, you know, the high that I needed or something that propelled me, you know, um, in a state of euphoria and stuff like that. And um, 
to a state where I became totally paranoid. And then, uh, you know, amongst the addicts, you know, we used to discuss this. How do you get down? So the one guy used to smoke a cigarette. But that even pushed me up further. And then somebody said to me, oh, man, now I must smoke a bit of mandrax. So obviously, you've then got to sort of like do this um, balancing act. Mm -hmm. No, um, and this is all part of the, you know, the denialist state that the addict wishes to find himself in. I can sort of control this type of thing. And Uh, and may I just ask, um, I mean, I think that is one of the fundamental resistance to getting help to get better better. is I can do it on my my own. I can do this. I can do this. I mean, one hears this all the time. Exactly. No, no. But, uh, so you know, it's propelled by what the addict finds himself in, you know, like being in the company, you know, like they say in Afrikaans, and mm-hmm. and so we've got all these chemical junkies that sort of want to have some input into the next person's life by telling him, now you smoke the upper, now you smoke the downer, and you want to see, you'll get the balancing act right. And uh, so if you want to stay away from drugs, Try the herb, which is now cannabis or dacha, as it is known. And, you know, dacha is not actually a drug. It's a herb. It will calm you down. And, uh, you know, it actually makes you clever. It makes you think. So automatically you start thinking differently. And, you know, you're on this total journey of destruction and being in a denialist state. And, and, and just on that, I think we need to hold our thoughts because we need to take commercial news. You just touched on, and I wasn't even thinking of it in the beginning of the program, you touch on something so critical. In my practice, I have seen so many, particularly matriculants, Mm -hmm. who are using Dacha, Mm -hmm. believing, believing that when they've taken Dacha, Mm -hmm. they can study better and they'll perform better. And you know what is so scary for me is, it's like you and my child. Mm -hmm. It's not. You know, if people think, now, who are these children? Mm. It's it's scary if you think, Ya Allah, mm. it is my child, it is my neighbor's child, it is my sister's child, it is my brother's child, it is my grandchild. Mm. So it's like, it isn't there, and it's not them. It's yes. right here mm. in our homes. And, yeah. and sometimes I'm aware that parents are aware of it, but I, I don't know whether they are also kind of thinking, okay, so Daha's not so bad, but let's just go to the commercial news. When we come back, we need to speak about this because it is so important. Shahid Akali and I'm speaking with Amin Mohammed and we're talking about drugs, our focus is drugs and really before the break we spoke about Dacha um, and and how Dacha is almost downspoken of, so it's like um, you know, we can still cope. But the reality is, and again I've you know mentioned, I've seen quite a few high school children by Allah, I haven't seen any primary school children in my practice, but, you know, smoking um, dacha, but high school children, but then their parents know about it. You know, it's like the pa- children upstairs, parents are downstairs. It's okay. They're okay. They are at home. They're smoking mm-hmm. now, you know. But what for me is a frightening part is these children, so when I'm in therapy with them and I'm trying to, to you know, do therapy with them, they are stuck in the belief that relaxes them enough to learn better and that they perform better when they have used a, a dacha and so therefore the results are better you know and and here i sit i'm trying to convince them you know differently and i promise you they're very resistant um, no that type of resistance is eminent you know you you cannot sort of have described it better if i can just perhaps Take, have a different take on this. Mm-hmm. You know, Shahida, what is key is that 
I want the listeners to understand that Dacha is the entry level for everything else destructive or destruction to take place. It's an entry level where you enter the realm of, you know, chemical abuse. And far too often I've seen one young man, not more than 18 years of age, storming into his house with another elder person and saying, Daddy, Isa is whoever now is here to come and complain about me taking Dacha. And, but you know that I'm taking Dacha. Now, can you, I'm saying, he's now brought me back home here. And then the father says to him, to the gentleman, My sin is op Dacha, ik weet hij is op Dacha. But what van jou sien wat op Heroin is? And I think this is something, you know, that people need to understand. The person that is on Heroin actually started taking chemicals or abusing, you know, uh, abusing himself by starting off with Dacha in the first place. Give it more time and give it more money. Yeah. And that person is going to land exactly at the same position, you know. And, and, and you know, the, the thing here is that um, children, youngsters today, like you said now, uh, you know, matriculants, they are easily influenced because, the, you know, this is big, you know, discussion uh, I don't know what you can call it, but they sort of intellectualize. That was the word I was looking for. They intellectualize about the fact that it is, uh, you know, um, that dacha is a herb. It is not a drug. Why? Because it grows. It's a not. It's not something synthetic. It's something organic. And they use all kinds of different words, you know, uh, and names to sort of make or put a stamp of authority on that type of use because they need to sort of in their minds legalize the whole fraternity of using Dacha I, I so agree and you know I've, and again I can speak about my world in which I'm dealing with it and I want to say that intellectualization is so deeply rooted that they are absolutely resistant to you trying to make sense and trying to help them to see a different angle mm. even if you're trying the spiritual route mm. to want to say you know that which changes the state of mind is haram mm. um, that that doesn't really matter you know so it's it's really hard and I th and my thoughts are parents need to realize that their children are smoking daha mm. and boys and girls are smoking dacha. Yes. Many, many girls are smoking dacha too. Yes. And so they they need to be aware of this, you know? No, most definitely. You know, it is, you, you, you're saying girls and boys, you know, it, uh, it cuts across everything. You know, even before we had our democracy, that was the most democratic thing that we ever had was use of drugs because it cuts across religious yeah. barriers, yeah. across across you know, cuts across ethnic barriers, whatever barrier there was that is true. You know, it did that for us. That's that's really, really true. So it's so true when and that's you know why when I try to explain to our parents and our listeners who are listening at the moment, please don't look at substance use and particularly Dacha as well, thinking that it happens to those people or them or other, you know, it would always be other. And, you know, believe me, it is so close to home and very often in our own homes, sadly in our own homes. And therefore we need to try and be a part of change, you know, and, and how do we change? We start to change within ourselves and we're going to be speaking about the three c's which i think is really important for us as parents as loved ones as carers as teachers you know to get a sense of what you're going through and, and part of the struggle of this journey but let's just go back to um i mean the of the first question so if you look at 
you know what we've discussed and we've we've described it as some of the drugs will give you an upper or a euphoric mm. um, a high and then some will give you a low when you're wanting to stop drugging would there be different symptoms or experiences that you can expect to have when you stop that you need to be prepared for so that it doesn't throw you back into relapse you know you know that's a very multifaceted type of question and um it's going to take me some time to sort of answer that. Okay, and but perhaps, perhaps that, and I'm, I'm really sorry about that, mm-hmm. but we need to take commercial news. When we come back, I think we can then go to the answer, okay. so stay with us. I'm Shahida Kali and I'm speaking with Amin Mohammed and our focus is substance abuse. You were going to respond to the question, different types of drug groups, can we expect certain um, symptoms that are specific to the group when you stop and, and so what would be useful for us to know if we want to prevent it? Uh, thank you, first of all. It's a brilliant question. You know, uh, Shahida, this is going to be my own very personal take on this. You know, a young man came to me and he said to me, you know what? I mean, I should drink out one case of beer on a Friday and Saturday evening. But I became so sick, man. I was vomiting. I was going through all types of pain and stuff like I couldn't get up, you know, uh, on a Monday morning. But guess what? I've won the battle. I asked him, how did you do it? He says to me, guess what? I only take one glass of whiskey. Okay. So, when I looked at it, I, I always want to, to say sweet, man. Yeah. So, <laughs> From so one case of beer, beer to one whiskey, mm-hmm. is I'm bad. <laughs> yeah. No, it is, Shame you know, uh, you know uh, a person needs yeah. to understand. And I'm, I'm very grateful that you actually were laughing. Because the thing is, yes. Although it looks funny, it is. It's very, credible. It is. It is a very credible answer. It almost makes a lot of sense. sense. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. But you know, behind that, there's of an course. illusion that is created of, of healing. Of course. And a person needs to be absolutely mindful and very, be very critical about that type of behavioural pattern. And and just to to add to that, so I also see in my in my practice people who have used substances who goes to alcohol abuse. Yes. So yes. the, it's the same principle. It's the same type of thing. It's like let me use the lesser of the evil. Evil. Yeah. But the thing is, is lesser of what evil? Mm. And so we've got to be very, very, very mindful. You know. I've seen people, you know, and, you know, I know that there's a big, you know, um, sort of discussion about this, um, especially when it comes to uh, heroin addicts, the use of subotex and all the other likes, you know. Um, I'm not a very good proponent of that type of, um, I, I wouldn't say I'm not a very good, I'm not a proponent of all, uh, uh, of it, period. You know, and, and why is you, that? You cannot sort of replace one drug, right, of choice with another drug of choice. Okay, I believe firmly that if you go through a certain pain, because you know heroin addicts go through um, you know a lot of pain, so does all other addicts withdrawal symptoms and so on. I don't think that I could have been in in, in a better space that I am in now if it wasn't for the pain that I went through, right? That's the one thing. The other thing, as I was explaining to you, Shahida, you've mentioned something which is key, and I don't think people are listening, you know, when, when you say, parents bring in their loved ones to you. And again, it's not the loved one that comes into you. Mm-hmm. It is parents that bring in their loved ones to you. Yeah. And so, parents rob their child, right, of the ability to discern 
right? And to make proper choices. I think I've messed up here. I am on drugs. It's taking me nowhere, right? I'm the cause of it. That's the first C, right? I'm the one that's got control of this, and I'm the one that's going to cure it now. Instead, what do we do? We take our our parents take and play that role. So, so when and you then, refer to yes. the three C's, yes. tell, just tell me the words because I want people to start thinking about it because there are thousands and thousands of us that are in similar circumstances yes. of engaging with those three yes. C's, even yes. if it's not our loved one yes. who is on drugs, yes. but it's our loved one who is doing whatever they're doing yeah. that they shouldn't be doing. Exactly. You know, you, you know, Shaida, if I can perhaps just give you an analogy of what I'm talking about. Mm. I've got a son who is sick with the flu. And I tell him, listen, Minya, I think you've got a fever, you've got the flu, you need to go to the doctor. And he says, Daddy, I'm not sick. I'm not sick. So one day you tell him, listen, yeah, I'm tired of this now coughing and you can infect all of us here. I think, let me grab you. Not I think I'm going to grab you now, I'm taking you to the doctor. You come to the doctor and the doctor asks the patient, what's wrong? And he says, I don't know, my daddy brought me. So who looks like the fool, the father or the patient? Definitely the father. And this is the role that the codependents or parents play, right? And so the doctor says, but I can't treat this per person because he's not coming up. You know, he's refusing medication. That is the one scenario. If we must get the flip side of that scenario, do you know what happens then? Is that the codependent does something, we know as codependents, they do things that are absolutely strange. What they do then is, when the person says, fine, daddy, I think I've got the flu, I need to go and see the doctor. They go and see the doctor, and the doctor says, you know what, I think you've got the flu, but I must give you an injection in your thigh, whatever the case might be. The moment the doctor takes out the syringe, the codependent or the parent say, hello, hold it. Please don't give this person. You're going to injure this person with this needle. You cannot give this person the injection. Yeah. So it's exactly the same thing when we tell the parents have and create tough love, or not create, but rather, you know, you know, sort of uh, the practice, tough, tough, practice love. tough love, right? With your child, they seem not to understand the benefits thereof. But, but I, I mean, tough love almost needs a program on its own because yes. tough love, I think, is one of the hardest hardest things to do no. and the confusion and the internal mm. conflict of parents i but think a, a question often asked for me mm. um or to me about tough love is parents will say ek weet nie wat is die die regte ding om te doen nie as ek ja. so doen is dit nou reg of as ek so gaan maak is dit nou reg wat gaan bitter wees mm. and all the time they driven by how is it going to impact my child? So constantly the the bar is is moved, like you will explain, and I'd like you to explain how the bar gets moved with. Ach, never mind. I can't wait to Maybe this time around. So every time the bar gets shifted, because in your heart there is such a fear for your child, you're driven by it, and it's the biggest resistance or barrier to mm. tough love exactly but it mm. holds the child safe yes you see you see the the important thing here is what do we as parents do that perpetuates mm. the habit mm -hmm. of the recovering or trying recovering person so so just on that that is part of your referring to a parent then as a codependent. That's yes. what we're talking about. Yes. We're talking about I am as much a part of his drugging behavior. Exactly. As a verschrikkelijke seer iets for hours om te aanvaar. As a verschrikkelijke seer iets for hours om um to acknowledge in om ownership oor te vat and to then uh, ownership that takes them to change. Exactly. It's tough. You know, you, you know, Shaida, uh, um, if I can perhaps just give you another example. A lady came, came to my house one day at 2 o'clock. We'll cut the story short.
And she says to me, her son stole the geezer, the water's running down the place, the place is flooded, he even stole my cell phone. Okay. I said to the lady, can you see that blue light over there? Immediately she stopped me, she said to me, Mr. Mahamad, if I say it can any drunken sit or so it's How do you make a person like that understand that you've got to kick the person out of the house or have the person arrested? I then embarked on some something and I said to myself, Okay. I'm gonna I said to the lady, I'm going to take your son into a rehab for free. But you must answer me one question. And the question I'm going to ask is one, but the answer to the question must not equal four. And if she can give me the right answer, then I'm prepared to put that son into a rehab. I asked her, how much is two plus two? And she said to me, but you can't give me the answer because I must not give four as the answer. So it is as illogical as two plus two. It is logical two plus two is equal to four. Right? She's trying to make me think that I am illogical when I, you know, ask the lady that don't you think it is your responsibility to put your son out of the house after having caused so much of destruction and have him arrested. Yeah. You know? I, I think it's such an internal struggle oh. for a parent to do that. Yes. And like you say, they in intellectualize, rationalize, must confuse with emotions and fear and hopefulness and it's just I think a parent's journey with a drugging child or drugging affiliate like a, a wife or a husband or so is probably the bigger hell than the drug addict if themselves. If I can just give you another, another example of this, eh, Shahida. You know, the codependents are so intimidated Hi, Munisu Anhani. But for tell Jeva, my, when you make up some my noses, but that type of thing. The aggressor, the person that is wrong, is so aggressive. Whereas the codependent is so nice. And that confuses the person. But what did Ekara know her do? Hi. And suddenly, absolutely, you know, the, the, the amount mindset, of self-doubt. Doubt. Yeah. But why yeah. does it happen? It happens for three things. Okay, and, and just, just, I just want to say before you're going to explain that. So there's such a turmoil of self-doubt mm. and self-guilt almost. Yes, that's it. And there's this whole confusion of how am I supposed to love this child? As a, well, how am I supposed so, to handle it? How am I supposed to handle it? And, and you know what? We taught to prat moi, vis moi, say it's moi, so that, you know, as, as I know, Lelik gepraat het of as ek nou bykie hard gepraat het, dan is dit nie so Then I come away from it thinking, shoo, you know, so that when he started swearing, maar as ek wat so hard gepraat het, en toe het hy gevloek, mm. and even if that's my son, and this is how we continue keeping ourselves in that, this cocoon, in that pattern, in that cycle. Yeah. You know, you know, it's, it's based on three things. Mm. Blame, mm. shame, and guilt. Yeah. Blame, shame, and guilt will overtake you and will be there as the rock, you know, that you won't be able to crack. Why? Because you are not taking advice. Mm -hmm. Parents are not taking professional advice. They do not take a respected decision or a, a, an intelligent decision and or an informed decision. Yes. They but are informed by Khalatis next door, by the person, uh, you know. The, you know, the, the thing is, machines uh, or drugs, you know, parents, I want to say to you people, please, 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 the rehab can do nothing for your child. And this is my take on it. Mm. A rehab only provides you with one important thing, and that is hope. Secondly, hope. Thirdly, hope. And you can go to the end of the numeric system. It's just one thing, hope. It gives you hope for recovery. 
But before, and I and I hear that, and I think it's important, you know, because what you're wanting parents to understand is the the person, the drug addict, has to go in there with the intention to stop. The, the rehab cannot give them that. The rehab no. cannot make them strong. No. The rehab cannot keep them uh, dry and clean and, and all of that. It's something that they need to decide for themselves within themselves. But I want to come back to the fact that you are saying, you know, um, it's so hard for parents um, to listen to professional opinion and, and professional advice. And I want to say this because many listeners who are listening at the moment would be professionals as well, mm. who will have children who are drugging yes. and doing exactly the way says Munan Butakubidun. And so it's it is the parent in you that is so in conflict. Yes, it's the parent in you that holds the shame and the blame and the guilt and the, the doubt. The cord is still attached. And it's you know it's it's so hard. And if parents can see the wisdom of if you contain that in order to set your your, your child free yes. to take responsibility exactly but it is not easy yeah. it's really it isn't easy. It's not easy and, and you I, know, I, I, I just want to guard yeah. myself against something yeah you know i don't want to come across as a person that's talking from an ivory tower yeah my understanding about the addictive behavior or my own behavioral pattern you know wasn't something that just happened overnight like drugging was a process my undoing is also a process mm-hmm. parents have become far too impatient you know uh, after 19 years of drugging right parents are far too impatient to see results okay now now i i want to speak with you about that so when you have a pay a parent who's child is now drug free yes but the minute that child shows different behavior then you find parents immediately kicks back into did he take drugs Mm. why is he different Mm. so there's the constant watching and it's very hard for parents Mm. because they're driven by fear that mckinhan relapse Mm-hmm. So they're driven by the impatience with a child. Mm-hmm. You know, because also mm-hmm. platform. Again, again, it is, you know, them not being knowledgeable about the addictive, you know, uh, what addiction is all about. They are not informed. They do not want to be informed. They are, you know, because it's such a stigmatized disease. There's so many other factors, you know, that contributes to the parents negating their own productivity and the child's productivity. Um, and, and just on that, isn't some of the stigma that mm-hmm. parents will feel would be, as ik my kind uitgansit wat gaan die mense sê, hulle gaan sê, ek is so slechte ma. Exactly. And, and, and it's all about what the next person says and about this person says. It's never about what people like yourself, Shaida, that's studied, that we, I'm saying, I've seen this, you've seen this, you know, the, the samples are so varied and wide, um, they still do not take advice. And so, like we say, the addict is resisting change. The codependent does exactly that. It's, uh, yes. Codependent, yeah. you know, puts up this barrier. I will teach my child. I yeah. will do this. Yeah. I, he will do it my way. You know, I, yeah. I just want to say, you know, that I would love the listeners to start thinking differently. Okay. We need to think differently and we need to get a program that's going to make people think differently it's not going to be an easy task and it's and i and i think and we need to take commercial news i think a huge for there needs to be the acknowledgement that it this does not speak to the drug addict change but it speaks to the drug addict as well as the codependent loved one Definitely. to change as well Definitely. in order for for sustained change to happen in this relationship and in this home exactly but stay with us don't go away
Welcome back. I'm Shahida Kali and I'm speaking with Amin Mohammed and our focus is drug um, abuse or substance abuse. So I've got this question that I'm you know, hoping to get in before we conclude this program. We know that you've got this codependent relationship, the drug user on this person who is codependent. So it's like a, a cycle. And these two people are in the relationship. If the drug user is not ready for change, mm-hmm. would it be helpful if the person who's codependent starts to change? So let's say the parent. Well, Shaila, I think that uh, that's a very good question again. Is it good for the codependent to change? Mm. I would say yes. You know, uh, Shahida, if there is a mind shift yeah. or a new paradigm that's being played out, right, the, the recovering person will see this. And so long as if it is something which is sustainable by the codependent and is something meaningful, it must be a threat, mustn't just be an idle threat then with that type of understanding you know you're going to get results if the you know the the codependent decides you know to think like the addict if the results are very well documented and it's very well known but if she or he decides to change and have a different focus or a different take on the recovery of himself and the the patient sees it or the, the addict sees it and the person is getting better and better, it might just entice the recovering person to do the same. Would it, could it also, let's say the, the codependent person is the person who um, is the supporter yes. of the person, yeah. of the drug user. So if the codependent person, let's give them a role so that it's easier for mother, our listeners to mother, the mother and the and the son and the, the child. child yeah. So the child is the drug user, the mother mm-hmm. is the codependent person. If the mother decides I'm no longer going to give you whatever, you know, so like some mothers would say, you need to so she almost cuts her son loose. Mm. Could that help? the son because there's the cutting loose pro, yes. uh, process which yeah. means the codependency process is the cycle mm-hmm. is is being cut yes and so you wouldn't that be a way in which you are contributing to the drug user having to face their own um situation situation that's one side okay but the other part is also the 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 mother if somebody else tells a mother, who says, I'm stupid, who says, she doesn't need to suffer from guilt, shame, or blame. And so there's growth on her side mm-hmm. because she knows, she can tell this person, listen here, this is a domestic affair, and this is my house, I decide what happens here. And basically when she says that, she yeah. takes ownership. I think, Are you with me? And, and here's, I think, a hugely important example that you've just used that I think if we leave a thought hmm. from today's program with our listeners, it needs to be that one. Yes. That a parent has to take ownership of what happens in their home. Exactly. They should not let those children dictate and abuse and hit and gebit and like you said. Exactly. Because the hour is so bang for the kind. Yes. But it actually has the opposite effect. Exactly. You, you, you know, Shahida, we, we, we as parents, we must be mindful of one thing. I always use this phrase, man, when I say, if we teach responsibility to our children, then our children will become responsible towards themselves, mm-hmm. not towards parents. Mm-hmm. And I think, I'm going to say it again, if, if, if as, parents, as parents, if we can teach our children responsibility, then you know, the children will become responsible towards themselves, not towards parents. Okay, and on that I just want to ask you, and is that very concept held by, at a certain stage of your process of being a parent, tough love? Exactly. 
Definitely. There comes a time when you have to say to yourself, man, I need to do to practice tough love in order to teach her or him responsibility so that they can feel it for themselves. Let, let me just sketch a scenario. Let's look at what thousands of us are in at this moment. Okay? And let's just take this mother that takes this opportunity and says, let me just try something different. Let me listen to Shahida or let me listen to whoever and just take advice. I've been out to clinics and they all speak the same thing. Let me just say for one minute that I am wrong. I'm going to take their advice now. Okay? So when she takes that advice and she says, listen, I don't have money anymore. And the person starts crying, Mommy, ik wil gyaldi, ik wil gyaldi, ik wil no, and starts throwing things around. The moment they start throwing things around and breaking things up, excuse me, halt it just there, you don't just stop, phone the cops, get the cops in, he's destroying something. So automatically he will say, but, yeah, mommy, is he my liefer meini? As long as that mother knows that for 19 years I've been living in a house that's basically got nothing. I only had the windows. Now that's also gone. Everything else goes by the wayside. But I am now going to say no. Do you understand that? The next best thing is the cops pull up. They take him away. And then now you've got the right to go to the court. You've now got the right to say, listen here, this is what is happening. Sorry, man, I can't have you in my house. And so suddenly... You as an addict, you now think, hey, do you say? Say me no business, young. And, and that's what I, you know what? You the see? difference there is for, for parents to know that as long as they're codependent, they are not letting the drug addict take responsibility. Exactly. You take the responsibility, responsibility for, for them. them. Mm-hmm. You understand? Yeah. I mean to say, you know, I've seen yeah. scenarios, if I look back at my being in a rehab, yeah. Ya Allah, Shahida, Mami, uh, they are 36 years old. Yeah. Right? Uh, and Mami, Kanala, chocolate, bring chocolate Do you know what a great disservice? No, Shahida, it's not about shame. But you know, you know what? You know, my heart can't so eat now. They are my hours who keep themselves in yes. pain. If you look at the parcels who go to go. those children, and tell they me even about take it. out a I mean, bond, basically. You know or what? Maybe they even go I like that type of chocolate. I like that type of liquors. Yeah. I yeah. like that type of um, skin lotion. lotion. I like that type of sip. Exactly. So, it's all that good is in and yeah. then you know what happens yeah and then you yeah. know that is the reason why the child relapses yeah. the child is actually conned you in a way for the future so uh, alhamdulillah not yeah. even four weeks later or three weeks later, the child relapses. Where's your phone? Mommy, was, oh, they come home with a story. Mommy, phone the boere, help me not afgesit. In the meantime, you know, the yeah. cycle just basically continues. You know, you know? I, it gets so me to smile because saying, you're describing yeah. what I think yeah. thousands all, all and I'm thousands of here, homes experience. All I'm saying here is this, Shahida, that we need to take a more critical look as to what we as parents do to perpetuate the habit of, you know, the child, uh, you know, becoming, you know, a full-blown addict, as it were. Right. And just on that, I have something to say to these mothers and fathers who have now put their child out of the house or who Mm. call the cops. Mm. Then there will be family members or people who will say, what a bad mother. Yes. What a rubbish yeah. mother or father yes. you are. Yeah. And really what one has conferred on and, mm. and is an agreement on, mm. that if you've walked a road with your child, you should not feel shame or blame or guilt or doubt. Yes. You are doing your child a service to actually put the child out. Definitely. Yeah. You, know, you know, I can't, for instance, thank my sisters for having, you know, done that. 
And guess what? The moment they found out, it wasn't even a discussion. They said to me, there's the door, Mania. I found it them being, you know, absolutely hard and, you know, unreasonable. Mm-hmm. Right? I gave, you know, gave them all types of superlatives, threw in windows, threw tantrums up, went around to family members and told them, told them like, you know, uh, how wrong they were, what rubbishes they were. Mm-hmm. I did all of that. Mm-hmm. Today, I can't thank them enough. And, you know, it's like they say, you know, if you embrace change, your courage is going to be rewarded. And look at my sisters. Look how their courage got rewarded because of the shift of thinking. Okay. And just on that, I mean, if you speak about courage, again, we will, you know, say, and and it was mentioned earlier on, Tough love takes a tremendous amount of courage. It takes a tremendous amount of self-growth and really keeping yourself strong. And sane. It's, it's, you know, tough love is really not easy, but I think it is one of the most rewarding journeys that gives you an outcome that is so positive. Yes, you know, you know, Shaira, tough love is key to the recovering person. Okay. If we do not practice tough love, mm-hmm. you cannot get a person holistically recovering. Okay. But the one thing that must go with that recovering, with that tough love, is your support structure must be in place. Support structure for the addict or for the codependent person? For the codependent person. Okay, first, fine. First for the codependent person. Okay. And, and I okay. think that was important because we spoke about those family members who are going to say, what a rubbish is Jay van Exactly. But we need to take commercial news. When we come back, we'll probably have time just for one or two thoughts before we need to conclude the program. So stay with us. Attention people in the northern suburbs. Your favorite Springville delicacy snacks is now available at Snack Bazaar inside Flambeau's Meat Lovers Market. Wow! A brand new store for your convenience with a world of variety. Tended meat exactly the way you want it. We are crazy about snacks. Hurry now and make your way to Flambeau's Meat Lovers Market together with Snack Bazaar. Situated at the BP Garage in North Road Beaconvale, Paro. More meat, more snacks. Snack Bazaar promotion. Cocktail Trio Pies 30s, only 89 Rand. Snack Pack 50s, now only 99 Rand. Prices valid till the 8th of September 2013. Spice Mecca have draped their tablecloth over Table Mountain and created the exquisite culinary range, Tastes of the Cape. Tastes of the Cape is quick and easy to make and celebrates the rich heritage of the mother city. Try their delicious pickled fish, babooti, mince curry, sasatis and more. You loved Spice Mecca's Tastes of India? Now ask for Tastes of the Cape at your favorite supermarket. Spice Mecca proves that local is lacquer. Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape. 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 Welcome back. I'm Shahida Kali and I'm speaking with Amin Mohammed. Our focus is substance abuse. Just a very, very quick scenario. You said it's important to have a support base for the codependent parent as well as for the drug addict. Often you have the scenario of my broer of my sister will actually my kind by hulle heenie, so hulle moet nou sê, gids, jy is aan my slechte ouwer, because they are too scared, die kind, die drug addict kom nou aan hulle deerklop. And so because they, it's all about self looking after themselves, but in that process, they kraak hulle die codependent parent af wat traai om op hulle eie voete te staan. Yeah, no, that is true. You know, I, I just want to say to you, you know, it's like, you know, the codependents or their mothers and their fathers and the sisters, let me rather talk about that. Mm. You know, they are basically, hulle verloor hulle marbles, they lose their sanity with one person. You know, so many people are affected. Mm-hmm. So what happens is that what we've got to understand is every person along that route must, and I'm underlining the word must, 
speak with one voice. My sisters made the point of going to all my friends, all families. I mean, he's on drugs. Do not give him money, even if he comes to you that the car is stuck. He's going to give you a sad story, or he's going to say that, you know, the, you know, like the sisters kicked him out of the house. He's been disowned. And, you know, we addicts, we give grand stories of, you know, self-pity and ach, shame and all of that type of thing. Parents, yeah. please beware of that. Yeah. Okay? So, when we speak, when they spoke with one voice, I couldn't go to those people anymore. And so, I didn't have to con other people. Right. Are you with me? Yes. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, we're going to run out of time, and so we're going to have to conclude, and I'm really sorry because I, I have more questions. We'll keep it for another program. Just very, very briefly, if you would like to speak with Amin Mohammed, who is now a drug counselor and was walked a long road, you know, with the experience of, of drugs, um, then his cell phone number is 78 390 9011 78 Amin Mohammed. Shukran and you know it was great your contribution to the program. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. Shukran.